as we started the year, um, the, the Lord has actually given us, you know, us meaning the leadership, of course, through Pastor Chu, our senior pastor, uh, the book of Haggai to start on. Now, if you remember about two weeks ago, the first weekend of the year, uh, Pastor Chu opened up from the book of Haggai, but he picked up from this thought, uh, give careful thought, right? Give careful thought to your ways. And then last weekend, Pastor Lee Chu preached also from the book of Haggai, but the message that she brought forth was, listen when God speaks. So there's kind of like a connection. Give careful thought to your ways as we come into 2020, but also listen when God speaks. How many of you know sometimes, or how many of you know all the time, God speaks and it's a matter of whether we are actually listening, right? How many of you, you have children, you're speaking to them all the time, don't do this, don't do that. How many of you have husbands? You're always telling your husband, don't do this, don't do that, put that away, put this away, you know, wash your cup after you drink your coffee, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you know, do all of these things. You're always speaking, but not, but, but people are not necessary, or the people you're speaking to are not necessarily listening. So when we come to the third weekend of the year, I feel in my spirit, and I checked it with Pastor Chu and some of our leaders as well, that as I open up the book of Haggai, though the year got off a bit on a slow start for me, but as I read the book of Haggai, this word or this phrase came to mind, which I believe is from the Lord to build or to start off this year. So my friends, my family here in SIBKL, whether you're new to our church or whether you've been around for a long time, I want to charge you by all authority of the Word of God, not authority of a man, but on the authority of the Word of God given to this church. As we have started the year, give careful thought. Listen when the Lord speaks. I want to say to you this morning, it's time to build. It's time to build. Touch someone next to you and say, it's time to build. Make sure they're still awake. Make sure they're still present. Make sure they're still here. And now I want us to do something. Um, this is something that's going to be a little bit out of our comfort zone. or a little, It's going to challenge us a little bit. I want us to read the whole book of Haggai together. Now, um, it's not a long book, but it's not a short one either. The good news is, is if after we do this, you can now go back to your other friends. It's only January, but I've already finished one book of the Bible, all right? So Haggai chapter 1 is going to be on the screens, and I want to invite you to read along with me. Help me this morning. You know, it's my first weekend, my first preaching of 2020, so help me read the book of Haggai. Let's read it together. Haggai chapter 1, verse 1. On August 29th of the second year of King Darius' reign, This is what the Lord of heaven army says. The people are saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much but harvest little. You eat but are not satisfied. You drink but are still thirsty. You put on clothes but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. This is what the Lord of heaven army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up to the hills, bring down timber and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hoped for rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies, while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. It's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. I've called for a drought on your fields and hills, a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees and all your other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get." 
Then Zerubbabel, son of Shetil, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole random of God's people began to obey the message from the Lord their God. When they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent, the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the people this message from the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord. So the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel, son of Shetil, governor of Judah, and the enthusiasm of Yeshua, son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest, and the enthusiasm of the whole random of God's people. They began to work on their house of, the God, of God, the Lord of Heaven's armies, on September 21st of the second year of King Darius' reign. Chapter 2, we're halfway there. Then on October 17th of the same year, the Lord sent another message through the prophet Haggai. Say this to Zerubbabel, son of Shetil, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest and to the remnant of God's people there in the land. Does anyone remember this house, the temple, in its former splendor? How now in comparison does it look to you? It must seem like nothing at all. But the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land and get to work. For I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you, just as I promised you when you came out of Egypt. Do not be afraid. For this is what the Lord of heaven's army says, in just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. On December 18 of the second year of King Darius' reign, the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Ask the priest this question about the law. If one of you is carrying some meat from a holy sacrifice in his robes and his robes happen to brush against some bread or stew, wine or olive oil or any kind of food, will it also become holy? The priest replied, no. Then Haggai asks, if someone becomes ceremony unclean by touching a dead person and then touches any of this food, will it be defiled? And the priest answered, yes. Then Haggai responded, this is how it is with the people and this nation, says the Lord. Everything they do and everything they offer is defiled by their sin. Look at what is happening to you before you began to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. When you hope for a 20 bushel crop, you harvested only 10. When you expected to draw 50 gallons from the fine press, you only found 20. I sent blight and mildew from the hail to destroy everything you worked so hard to produce. Even so, you refuse to return to me, says the Lord. Think about this 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Think carefully. I'm giving you a promise now while the seed is still in the barn. You have not yet harvested your grain and your grapevines. Fig trees, pomegranates, and olive trees have not yet produced their crops. But from this day onward, I will bless you. We're almost there. On the same day, verse 20, December 18, the Lord sent this second message to Haggai, tells Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, that I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overthrow royal thrones and destroy the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overturn their chariots, chariots and riders. Their horses will fall and the riders will kill each other. But this is what happens, says the laws of heaven's armies. I will honor you, Zerubbabel, son of Shetil, my servant. I will make you like a signet ring on my finger says the Lord, for I've chosen you. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, give yourselves a big round of applause. You just read one Bible, one book of the Bible this year. You should get a medal after this. But praise God, you know, the book of Haggai is a small one, relatively short. But it, is not, it, is, it may be small in its content, but it's not small in its significance. Let me give you a little bit of background, right? Just a little bit to set this up or what is happening in the book of Haggai. You see, throughout the Old Testament, the story or the narrative is the same. 
Over and over again, God sends prophets, right? That's why we got Isaiah, we got Jeremiah, we got Samuel, and all these people in the Old Testament to tell the nation of Israel, God's people, hey, obey the Lord, obey God, come back to Him. Don't go and serve foreign gods. Don't go and do things your own way. Come back to God. And because of Israel's um, stubbornness, because of their lack of obedience, what happened was they were actually now humble. You see, I want to just show you this picture here, a little bit of background, okay? Now, in, what happened is Jerusalem or Israel was defeated and the temple was destroyed by Babylon in the year 587 BC. And this is shown in 2 Kings chapters 24 and 25. Now, Israel at this point, they've been now plunged into what is called the exilic period, meaning they were living in exile. They once had their own nation. They once had their own uh, land. They had their own empire, if you will. And they had a temple which Solomon built. But because of their hard-headedness, the Lord allowed the Babylonian Empire to overcome them. And because they were defeated, they were now cast out of their own land. And the temple was destroyed. But in the book of Haggai, just three things you need to know. The Babylonian Empire had now collapsed. At that point of time, the Babylonian Empire was, they seemed like they, they were insurmountable. They were the most formidable but how many of you know things come and go, but only the glory of the Lord remains? Companies rise, companies fall, nations rise, nations fall, but only the Lord remains. So the Babylonians were overcome by the Persians, and the Persians allowed the Israelites to return to Jerusalem, but Jerusalem was now in ruins. And the led to lead this return, the Lord appointed two people. As you will see, their names occur a lot in the book of Haggai, Zerubbabel and Joshua. And they came from the line of David. So now Israel, they were going to go home and they went back to where they were, Jerusalem, and they started to rebuild. So this morning, very quickly, I'm just only going to break... I'm going to break Haggai into four parts. And then I'm going to share with us what the Lord is saying from these four different parts. The first part is Haggai's charge to the people. And that is from verses 1 to 15. And that happened in about August 420 BC, 70 years. 587 BC, they were defeated. And now 520, they were allowed to come back. But this was the charge of Haggai of the Lord through Haggai to the people of Israel. You are busy rebuilding your own house, but yet you leave the house of the Lord in ruins. And how does that apply to us? You see, a lot of times as Christians, what will happen is we are only concerned about our own agenda. We are only concerned about our own things. Um, for many of you, this year I sense you're going into different seasons, a new season. For some of you, maybe you just graduated from university. So you have a lot of concerns. You want to go and find a good job. You want to start building your career. You want to start doing all these different things. For some of you, maybe you're in a new relationship. Whether you are, you know, just courting or you're already planning for marriage, but your concern for that now is, again, all these practical things. You know, when do we get married? Do we have enough money? For some of you, maybe you're on a business venture. You know, you got this new idea or you got this new project or you were given a new contract. For some of us, maybe it's our examination year, IGCSE, uh, O-levels, A-levels, whatever it is, and we got our own concerns. And I feel like this is what the Lord is saying to us. It's not that the house is in ruins. Far from it. SIBKL isn't in ruins. Well, the last time I checked, it isn't, right? But the Lord is challenging now our attitudes. Will we be only concerned about our own things or will we also now partner with God to build His house. You know the phrase that Pastor Chu recited uh, or quoted over and over again, give careful thought. The Hebrew word or the Hebrew phrase literally means to put your heart on the road. Well, that means where is your life headed to? 
What direction are you headed in? So I want to, the first part of Haggai, I want to apply it to ourselves by challenging you this morning to think on this. Is God an option or is He a priority? Is God an option or is He a priority? You know, in life, we have many options. Uh, recently, I, I know I'm a little bit late, but recently I subscribed to this thing called Netflix. I got rid of Astro and I got this thing called Netflix. How many of you have Netflix at home? Uh, have, have you ever found yourself going onto Netflix and you're just, you spend 10 minutes scrolling, but you end up watching nothing? Any of you like that? Like you just scroll and you scroll and you scroll. And it's like, you look at all this variety of options and then you think to yourself, I got nothing to watch. Um, I'm also really bad in this manner, right? Um, in some case, I share this trait with a woman, not trying to be sexist, but I will go to my wardrobe and it's packed and it's full. And I'll open my wardrobe and I'll turn to my wife, I have nothing to wear. I'm that kind of person. I'll go, I have nothing to wear. And my wife said, just wore this. And I'm like, oh, but I wore that like six months ago at that thing, you know, that kind of thing. So you gotta pray for me, right? But what I'm trying to get at is that in life, we have so many options that oftentimes we have reduced God now to also an option. And, and church is also kind of like, the house of God is kind of like an option. Um, I'll go to church like an, as, as like an extracurricular activity. But what we fail to see is that the church, I don't know how you feel about the church, I don't know what you think about the church, but can I tell you the Word of God tells me that the church is still God's instrument of revival. God, the church is still God's instrument to reach the world. The church is still called, the last time I checked, the bride of Christ. The church is not just a place that we go to to pass time on the weekend. The church is not just a place that we come to have our needs met, although we would love to meet and minister to people with needs. The church is very much part of our Christian faith and the church is very much part of God's heart. And if we make God a priority, we have to make the church a priority, building the house of God. So the first thing I want to challenge you is this, this year, 2020, don't make God an option, make Him a priority. What do I mean by that? You see, when you make God an option, this is your, this is your posture. You'll be like, I will go to church when I have free time. I will serve in the church when I have free time. After I have taken care of all my concerns, after I've taken care of all my business, my studies, my relationships, and then whatever that's left over, no, I will give it to the Lord. That is not making God a priority. That is keeping Him as an option. But wait, the Lord is not calling us just to sacrifice and to give up things for the sake of it, but the Lord is also sharing a principle in Haggai. When you build God's house, He will then build your house. If you continue to take care of the things of God, God will take care of you. And it, it goes against logic, because logically speaking, it will be like this. There's the church here, this is all the church activities and ministry services, whatever. And then there's all my concerns here. But if I want this to grow, logically speaking, I should put all my effort and attention on this thing. Whether it's my studies, my relationship and all that, blah, 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 whatever it is. But the Lord is saying now, SIBKL 2020, as you build this, now don't throw this away, but as you build this, the Lord will take care of this. In fact, as this rises, this will also rise along. And the Lord also spoke to me directly because for me, one of my biggest concerns is of course, raising my family, being a good husband to my wife, being a good father to my daughter. And in the natural, in the flesh, you know, the, I will be like, no, I need to put aside, even as a pastor, as a full-time staff, I need to, I want to put this aside and devote more to this. But oh, the Lord is challenging me, John, would you believe that as you build this, this will also rise up? So I want to challenge you. Will you make God a priority in your life in 2020? 
as we move along. And you know, as Haggai charged the people, what was the response of Zerubbabel and Joshua? That of obedience. They said, yes. They said, yes. Yes, I will do it, Lord. Yes, I will do it. Yes, I will move along. And the second part of, of Haggai, four sections, right? Is what I call setting expectations. And that's chapter two, verses one nine, and it occurs a month later after Haggai first charges Israel. Now in this portion, the key scripture is this, verse three. Does anyone remember this temple, the temple in its former splendor? How in comparison now does it look to you? It seems like nothing at all. Because Jerusalem or Israel, they were exiled for 70 years. And that means that amongst the people of Israel, there were some who actually lived in the old Jerusalem. There were some who would have seen the former temple in its glory and its splendor. But now as the people of Israel responded to the charge of Haggai and they say, okay, yes, we will do it. But as they started doing it, Haggai and the rest of the elders of Israel looked and they saw, what are you guys doing? The temple that you are building now does not match the glory of the former temple. Setting expectations. I don't know whether you've ever had mismatched or unmet expectations. Any of you been to a salon and you, you know you're inspired to get a new haircut and you show the stylist the picture and you know you show them this picture, you want it like this and this way, and then they go, yes, I can do that for you. And you get so excited. And then you sit there for like a couple of hours, they do all their work, snip, 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 you know, and blow dry and whatever. And then after that, the product comes out, you look at the mirror and you look at the picture, and the stylist asks you, is it nice? And you go, man, you don't, you don't know what to say at that point, right? Uh, over, over the holidays, I went, to, um, I went to Penang for a little getaway to visit some of uh, my wife's relatives and all that. So I, I, I booked an Airbnb. Um, you, you've been to Airbnb before? So I looked at the pictures of this Airbnb on the website, looks pristine, looked fantastic, looked like a dream getaway. But when I got there, can I tell you, it was horrible. There was, it was like, there was a hair on the floor. There was like, it was just a big mess. And you know, mismatched expectations. How many of you, you're adventurous in baking? You know, you like, you like baking. So you will try to be all fanciful. You bake all these different cakes, this different like um, thing that will look like on the internet. Any of you experienced something like this before? Let's show it on the screen. This picture, um, next slide. Let's show it this way. Any of you experienced something like that before? where you thought you're gonna make something, it's gonna look really, really nice, but then it turns out disastrous. And this was the mismatch expectations, not of the people on God, but of God on the people. Now, I want you to understand something. The Lord wasn't charging Israel for their lack of ability. Or, because, or, you know, the law wasn't holding it against them. The temple you are building now is not great, it's not matching or their previous temple. No, what the law was concerned about is their lack of effort. Their lack of effort, their half-heartedness. Because sometimes in obedience, we say yes to God, but it's a half-hearted yes. It's a reluctant yes. Can I say this year, as we heard from this pulpit, give careful thought, listen to what the Lord says. Will our yes to God for 2020 not be a half-hearted yes, but a whole-hearted one that says, yes, God, we will do it. Yes, God, we agree. Yes, God, we don't understand, but we believe. We don't know how it works, Building God's house, you will build ours. We don't know how it works, but the Lord is not asking us to understand. The Lord is asking us to trust Him. The Lord is saying, would you trust me? 
as I'm calling you out into faith because building God's house requires faith. Will you trust Him? I also want to challenge you. The fullness of salvation does not deserve half-hearted devotion. If Jesus gave His all to us, should we then also, should we not now also give ourselves completely onto Him. If God is a full-time saviour, let's not be a part-time Christian. Let's be devoted. Let's, even in this year, as we continue to follow Jesus together, will we be obedient? Will we be submissive? Will we give ourselves wholeheartedly to Him? There is a saying here in our church that excellence glorifies God. That when we serve God, we give our all, we give our best, not because we want to prove to others of how spiritual we are or not because we want to, you know, earn our salvation or earn more brownie points from God, but no, we give our best because we recognize that what we are doing now, what we are doing here is for God. In Haggai, there's this phrase where God says, I will shake the heavens, I will shake the earth, but only one thing will remain and that is the glory of God. In life, in 2020, I don't know what the economy is going to look like. Experts are saying, hold on to your cash, don't invest. They're saying this year is going to be difficult, do all these things. Let me tell you, the world will always be shaken, played by ups and downs, but when you invest into the kingdom of God, when you invest into the lives of people, when you build the house of God, this is for eternity. Nothing can shake it. Nothing can take, can take away from it. And as long as, the, as God is glorified and honoured, He will take care of His people. How many of you believe God takes care of His people? How many of you experience God's goodness in your life, that He has taken care of you? How many of you, you've been faced with a difficult, impossible situation, but yet God took care of you? Come on, give me a wave. And as we continue to trust God, whether you have been serving for a long time, keep on believing, keep on building. Or maybe you are new to our church. You are, you're, you're fresh, you know, you just came to our church this year or for a couple of months. Can I say, don't just come to church now. Don't just stand afar and observe what is going on. It's time to get our hands dirty. It's time to get our faith a little bit messy. It's time to get into the thick of battle and not just stand on the sidelines and observe what is going on. Because I don't want just one, I think it was Pastor Joel that said earlier just now in the service, but I don't just want to observe the goodness of God. I want to experience it. I don't just want to hear of victories, I want to experience it. But if you want to experience a victory, oh my friends, you got to get a little bit dirty. You got to get a little bit messy. So this year, what I want to challenge you is to build two things. But before that, uh, Jim Ron says this, whatever good things we build ends up building us. So I want to assure you, as you build God's house, you are not giving more glory to Pastor Chu. You're not giving more glory to a pastor or a ministry or anything like that. As you build God's house, you are giving glory to God. So two things to build in 2020, very quickly. The first thing is this, build your father's house. Build your father's house. As I've already challenged you, as Haggai challenged the people of Israel, don't just be concerned about your own thing. It's time now to be concerned about the things of God. How do we build God's house? By serving and getting involved. It, it, we have to transit, you see. We can't just be consumers all the time where, uh, what, is the church, what can the church do for me? What can the church, what kind of programs the church has set up for me? What, what, what is, don't just ask what the church can do for you. It's time to say, what is it that God has bless me with that I can now contribute back, contribute back to the church. Remember, your life is a gift from God, but what you do with it is your gift back onto Him. What you present yourself back to God, how you spend your time, your energy, your money, your resources, everything that you have will either glorify, will either show that you glorify God or will show whether you are only concerned about your own 
thing. And you see, Haggai 2, verse 8 to 9, right? This is something that uh, Pastor Chu even declared over our 25th anniversary last year. The future glory, verse 9 of Haggai, of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But how can the glory of the latter house be greater than that of the former house if it's only the people of the former are building and the people of the latter aren't building, if that makes sense. You see, the church is not built on the talents of few, but the sacrifices of many. And I'll give you a quick illustration. I mentioned I just attended a conference and um, you know, this conference is an international band that came and all that. Now I'm not trying to glorify a band. I'm not saying that you know, we are called to do all that and all these different things. But what I observe in this conference is that the volunteers, all the people doing the unseen work, they, were, they traveled with this band from the country that this band came from and they paid their own expenses and you know, they were serving. And I remember even our rallies that we had last, last year, right? Where we had a rally to Kuching, to Ranau and all that. Many of you, right? in fact, so many of us from here went over to Kuching that we even started our own church service in, in, um, in Kuching, right? I think there were a few churches that were worried, oh no, is SIBKL coming to plant a church here, right? right? Maybe we'll send Pastor Chu to plant a church in Kuching. I don't know, of course he went there. But no, but what I'm saying is that last year we, there were occasions or instances where we, we all went, yeah, let's serve God. Let's make a sacrifice. Let's you know, book these tickets and let's go. But the Lord is saying, don't just make your serving of me occasional and um, circumstantial. Make it now a decisional thing, a devotional thing. I will serve now. It's time to throw my lot in now. And how do we serve, right? How do we get involved? Two very practical things, right? This is where it gets practical because I don't just want to preach a nice message for us and then we, after that we go, you know, we go down to, the, to our car park and we say, oh, that was a nice message by that very nice man. Let's go and have lunch now. No, it's time to translate to action and response in action what the Lord is saying. I want to challenge you this year, would you join a community, join a cell, and would you get involved in a ministry? Now you see, joining a community, uh, how many of you know community is messy? Going to cell and all that kind of stuff, right? It's messy. You're gonna meet people that you may not necessarily like all the time. You're gonna meet, you know, you're gonna be faced with different people and circumstances, but this is what the church is about. The church, it's not about bricks and mortar, it's about the people. It's not about the programs, it's about the people. And I wanna encourage you, if you wanna experience growth in your life, join a community. Because in a community, we learn to serve others, we learn to give to others, and then we reflect what Jesus came to earth to do. Because Jesus himself said this, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve in Mark 10, 45. So join a community. Now community is biblical. Going to church is biblical. Can I encourage you? Join a community. Can I also encourage you and challenge you? If you are not serving this year, if you are new to our church, will you find a ministry that you can be a part of. And four areas that we are particularly looking for in this season of time is one, the worship team, two, connect ministry, connect ministries, the ushers, um, the coffee, the, bar the, the barista, the hospitality team and all that. Three is uh, our media and communications team, you know, all of, the, all of the people, the photographers and all these different things. And the fourth area, this is where I'm really, really seeking people, you know, especially young parents, our children's ministry. How many of you know the word of the Lord says this, train a child up in the ways of the Lord so that when they're older, they will not depart from it. Can I say to you, can I charge you, the children's ministry is not a babysitting ministry while you sit here in church. 
The children's ministry is an important, it's an integral part of the future of the faith. Because if you don't train the children, if you don't sow into the kids' foundations of the faith, the world is very quick. The world is eager to snatch them away. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you identify? How many of you catch what I'm saying? So whatever gift, whatever little gift that you have, Will you say, whatever time that you have, whatever space that you can make, would you now say yes to God? And you can say yes to God even right now by going to this link. Let me just put this link um, up there. Can we go to the next slide where the link is? It's time to build. It's time to build. I'm not, I'm not trying to do a campaign here, but I'm, I'm really just being obedient to what God says. It's time to build. Sign up for something. Get involved. Get into the fight. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says this, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The gift that is given to you all of us have gifts from God. As long as you have breath in your body, as long as you have clothes on your back, as long as you have food on the table, you are blessed. You are able to serve God. You are able to follow Him. Greater is He that is in you than that is He who is in the world. So I don't know what circumstance you are going through, but all of us here have Jesus. And if God's Spirit is still breathing and working and living in us, we can get by, but we don't just get by, we can actually thrive and we can serve the Lord. Let's give God a praise offering in this place. Let's really trust Him and say, yes, God, we trust you. We believe in you. Now, very quickly, the last 10 minutes, I want to just, I don't want to take too much time, right? The third part is this, a call to covenantal obedience. So we've got four parts. The third part is, Verses 10 to 19, and this occurs two months later. And what is this called? Because what's happening is that, okay, now the people are kind of like ganged, you know, they're kind of like, 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 like riled up, you know, they're kind of fired up and they now start serving and they start getting to it. Because the scripture also says that the spirit of the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel. So now he's working. But then there was a concern of the Lord and the Lord downloaded to Haggai to say this. Verse 14, this is how, this is how if it is with this people and this nation, says the Lord. Everything they do and everything they offer is defiled by their sin. So the Lord is saying this, okay, the people are moving, they are working, but yet their lives are not right with God. So two things to build in 2020, right? The second thing is this, Build your father's house, but build your faith. It was a call to covenantal obedience. The call of God to the people to now live in obedience. The word covenant is a big word. If you're new to church, you may not really understand what it means, but we don't have to go fully into it. But I'm sure all of us understand this word obedience, right? We understand this word, what it means to be obedient. So I want to challenge you, as the people of Israel was challenged by Haggai the prophet, don't just build the house of God. Remember God, who He is. Remember His promises. So the year 2020, apart from just building God's house, it's now time to build our faith. I don't know whether you recognize this, but our spiritual growth it's not the responsibility of the senior pastor. Do you realize that? Our spiritual growth is not the responsibility of our cell leader. Our spiritual growth is not the responsibility of all these different things. Now, all of them will have a part to play, but we can never, ever say, you see, if we are far away from God, if we, have, if we, if we are not close to God, or if we have left the things and the will of God, we can't turn back and say, it's because Pastor Chu didn't preach enough sermons. It's because my cell leader, he didn't prepare enough supper for me when I went to cell. 
or we can't say it's because of all the, it's because of the worship leader. You know, he didn't sing the song that I like to sing, therefore I refuse to worship, therefore I did not. You know, or it's the responsibility of the hospitality team. I went there and how dare they only serve me tuna sandwiches. Don't they know I actually like egg sandwiches? No, we can't say that. It's not, the, you see, we live in a day and age where we are extremely resourced. There's so many, there's a book, you know, there's so many books and journals and articles and sermons that we can get into and forget all of that, even the Word of God. Don't say God is not speaking to you when your Bible remains closed. Don't say that, you know, I'm not growing, I'm not doing anything because I know the Scripture says this, draw near to God and He will do what? He will draw near to you. So it's a matter if, you know, there's this question, right, that I want to challenge us with. If God is so far away, guess who moved? I'll say that again. If God is so far away, guess who moved? And you see, it's not just about now having more Bible knowledge. It's not about having, going for more prayer altars or going for more programs. It's not even about serving a lot, even though that is important. But my friends, it is about whether we are obedient to the voice of God. Whether we are willing, we want to hear what God is saying. Whether we actually want to bend our will to say, God, what you are saying. Because oftentimes we treat God like a facilitator and not, the, and not Lord. Because we would say, God, I'm going to do all these things and now would you come and bless it? I have all these plans. Would you come now and bless this? But we don't go, Lord, I'm not even going to do any of this. Why don't you tell me how this should look like? Can I challenge us this year? Will we grow in obedience to God? Will we ask God, God, what kind of husband do you want me to be? God, what ministry do you want me to serve in? God, how do you want me to run my business? God, what relationship, you know, how do you want me to approach in my relationships with people? God, would you be the sole voice, the sole guiding principle in my life? I choose to obey in the Lord. And you see, when you obey God, this is what happens. Luke 6, 46 to 49. This is the words of Jesus. Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Remember in Haggai, the Lord says, I will shake the nations, I will shake the heavens, and I will shake the earth. My friends, the only way to not be shaken in 2020 and beyond is not to go and find out which fund you should invest in, or which stock you should buy, or which property you should put your money into, which company you should hedge on, which political party you should vote for. No, it is what you are building inside of you that will be the strong foundation. It is what that you put inside of you. It is your relationship with God. Even for me, you know, for many, many years, I've been serving the Lord. I've been doing all these different things. And, and, I, and I feel like even the Lord reminding me that, hey, you are not first and foremost a pastor. You are not first and foremost even a leader. You are first and foremost a Christian, a son and daughter of God. Will you grow in your relationship with me? Because sometimes even as pastors, what we can do is we can get so busy serving God that we don't even have time to relate to Him. 
We can get so busy, caught up in the works of ministry, but we don't even have time to devote ourselves to God. Can I say this year, even right now, if the Lord is challenging you to grow in a certain area, whether it's in prayer, whether it's reading the Word, or whether it's in just obedience or turning away from what you are doing now. Many of us, can I just paint a real picture? I'm not trying to shame people. I'm not trying to uh, shame anyone or condemn anyone. But the reality is this, many of us, we build God's house. We serve a lot. And that is good. You know, that is, you know, thank you for that. And I'm sure the Lord is, uh, to a certain extent, pleased with that. But many of us, we serve God in the church, but our lives and our hearts is not right with God. Our lives, and that's not what God is looking for. Because you see, the point is this. You cannot make up in sacrifice what you lose in obedience. Does that, does that make sense? You cannot make up in sacrifice what you lose in obedience. While God is encouraging us to build His house, God is also now saying, don't let your faith, don't let your faith just slide away. Don't let your faith just go along. Build your faith. And finally, the last part, and we can get the worship team up. The last part is this, the future hope of God's kingdom. That's the very same day that Haggai charged the people to come back to covenantal obedience. What was the future hope that Haggai gave to the people from the Lord? On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shetiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. Can I encourage you that nothing done in God's name will ever be in vain? That the purposes of God is not pointless. That even what we do here, week in, week out, whether it's the main service, whether it's the preaching, whether it's the hospitality, whether it's the youth ministries, whatever it is, sometimes it gets tiring. And sometimes it gets a little bit, if we are honest, routine and mundane. But I want to encourage you that nothing done in the kingdom of God is ever wasted. Nothing, because when you serve and when you build the kingdom of God, you are sowing into eternity. That's what 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58 says. Be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. For those of you who are, who are serving cell leaders, I want to encourage you. This year, will you come to a fresh vision for yourself, for your district, for your ministry, ministry leaders, and not just run, go through the motions or run through routine, but say, Lord, this year, I want to glorify you. Lord, this year, I want to do what you want me to do for myself, for my ministry. Because what I'm doing here, what I have for you, I want you to be honoured. And trust me, when God is lifted up, all oh, His blessings will come down. When God is lifted up, His favour will come down. And in the first weekend of the year, Pastor Chu said this, right? Or he showed this slide. What does God promise? As you give careful thought, and as you listen to the voice of God, and as you build, God promises, I am with you. I am with you. I'd rather have God and nothing than everything and have no God. I want to have God. I want to have God. And God says, if you build, if you build your, the house, if you build your faith, I will be with you. And more than that, He won't just be with you, even though that's great enough, but He will also bless you. He will bless you. He will bless you. And I'm not saying this because I want you to get involved, but I'm saying this because I'm just being obedient to God. I just feel like 2020, this is what the Lord wants to do. So I'm gonna put this link up one more time. And I want you 
to give careful thought. I want you to carefully consider. Signing up for this form does not mean you're immediately committed to something. It could just mean that I actually want to find out more. And if you do that, somebody from the church, from the staff team, from the leadership would actually contact you and tell you what's, what, what it involves and what it's about. But this year, can I encourage all of us to not just be spectators in the kingdom of God, but to be participators, to say yes. Whatever area the Lord is speaking to you, whether it's worship, whether it's connect, or even areas in mission or anything like that, whatever it is, whatever it is, will you not let 2020 just swing by and move along, but will you say yes to Jesus and yes to God this year and then see Him move and then see a victory as we sang in worship just now. Let's all rise in this place. We're going to close in a short while. But if you're not in a hurry, will you stick around for five more minutes and just close and respond in worship? Let's just respond in worship to Him and let's just allow the Lord to move. Yeah, in this place. Right across this place. Why don't we lift our hands to the Lord as we close in prayer. And I feel like SIBKL, friends, family, the favour of the Lord is indeed on this house. And because you are part of this house, that favour now in extension also applies to you. But the Lord is encouraging us, challenging us to be strong and to keep on keeping on, to not grow weary of doing good because in due time, we will reap a harvest or in due time, we will see a victory. So I want to release this word to us this morning. 2020, build your father's house continue to build your faith whether you are in a season of victory or whether you have yet to see your victory because the Lord is on the move the Lord is working while we are waiting the Lord will never leave us nor abandon us and while we may not see the end but the Lord has already gone ahead of us and He is paving the way for us and all we have to do is to continue to be obedient to Him, to continue to be devoted to Him, and to continue to build up ourselves in relationship with Him, and to never, ever neglect the house of God. And as we do that, I want to believe that this year you're going to experience a new measure of God's blessing and favour upon your lives. Lord, in Jesus' name, I ask right now, would your blessing and your favour indeed overflow to the lives of the people. Lord, you know our needs better than we do. In needs of peace, Lord, I speak peace over households. I speak peace over hearts. Those in need of provision, I speak provision for them. Provision of jobs, provision of opportunities, provision of finance, provision of help. Whatever that is, Lord, I speak that over their lives. Lord, in areas that where doors have been closed for us, I ask, Lord, for open doors that only You can open. Open doors in different areas for people to start families, for people to start new careers, for people to start jobs. Lord, will You bless us not so that we can be indulgent, but so that we will know that indeed You are a God that is for us and not against us. So this year, we put our trust firmly in You. We do not look to the left or to the right. We don't even want to look at what has happened behind us, but Lord, we want to see what is ahead of us because we know, God, that indeed, the glory and the favour that You want to pour out into our lives will be greater in the latter than that of the former. So we trust in You. We dedicate this year to You. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Friends, family, as I said, I don't just want this to be a good message. Can I encourage you, if the Lord is speaking to you, go to that form, fill it out, come speak to a pastor in areas that you can be involved.
speak to a cell leader or go to our connect counter and find out more information about cells or anything like that. But God bless you. Have a great weekend. And let's commit ourselves to build in 2020. God bless you. See you again.